On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, I'm covering the original Extra Lovable from the early 80s. This vault track was rewritten and re-recorded in the early 2010s and then released on Prince's final studio album, Hit and Run Phase 2. However, the lyrical differences between the two songs are significant enough in my mind that I feel the original track warrants its own separate episode and breakdown. So according to Prince Vault, the original track dates back to around April of 1982, recorded at Sunset Sound Studios in Hollywood, California. It's believed this had been intended for Vanity Six's debut album, since it was recorded around the same time as 3 times 2 equals 6, and another yet re-recorded version of Wouldn't You Love to Love Me. So on my episode of Wouldn't You Love to Love Me, I kind of cited some examples of where this song, when recorded, was being earmarked for other um, female protégés, female artists that Prince was working with. So while this was a song that he recorded several times over his career, I think every single time it was in, it was basically as a uh, a um, guide vocal for a female artist that he was going to be working with. So for me, it makes sense that this was considered a Vanity Six studio session, and so for Extra Lovable to be recorded in the same sessions as Three Times Two Equals Six and Wouldn't You Love to Love Me really kind of is a a very telling that. Um, this song was probably going to be included on that Vanity 6 album, if if it ultimately was going to be included anywhere. Now, there's a line later in the song during some of the ad-libbed portion that can be interpreted as being a dig toward Des Dickerson, you know, Prince's guitarist at the time, which had led a lot of listeners, including myself, to believe Prince continued to work on this song in 1983 after Dez left Prince's band. So Dez left Prince's band after sometime after the, the 1999 tour ended and before Prince created, you know, officially created the revolution and then started working on the Purple Rain um, songs with the band. So if you interpret that line as being a dig towards Dez having left Prince's band, that would date the song also to that um, late spring, early summer 1983. So that is another theory. That's why this song, or at least the version of this song that's been circulating for years, has been identified as 1982 or 1983. I'm going to call it just extra lovable 8283 because I, I really don't know um, when this is actually recorded. So we have the original 82. We have a likely additional recording in 83. There was another mix in 1988 where Prince had asked Chuck Zwicky to pull the song out of the vault and do some additional uh, mixing of the track. This was during like the Love Sexy era. Nothing came of that as well. So we have that version in addition to the 82 and or 83 version. And then we have it being re-recorded in 2011 with uh, a rap by Andy Allo, uh, another uh, artist that um, Prince was working with at the time. And 
Two years later, in 2013, Prince removed Andy's rap, added horns, and that's the version that we got on Hit and Run Phase 2 in um, 2015. So this song has quite the history, and it's intriguing how many times Prince worked on this song to make it fit an era or fit some project that he was working on. The fact that it got released at all is a bit of is a bit of a, um, a minor miracle, considering how drastically he had to change the lyrics, or chose to change the lyrics between the early '80s version and the 2011 version. So at some point he rewrote the lyrics to the song almost entirely, with the exception of like the chorus and some of the the lines in the first verse, but. As I mentioned in my introduction, the the lyrics to these versions are so significantly different that I, again, feel like it's almost two different songs. The sound, of course, is going to be very different, considering the decades that had passed between the recordings. But the fact that they were changed so significantly from a lyrical standpoint, again, points to the song being of two mindsets. You've got the young prince mindset and how he was writing songs and the kind of things that he was doing to push envelopes and you know um, be more blatant about some th- some themes that could be considered uh, controversial or some lines in the song as we'll touch on even you know in the verses that while not necessarily upsetting or graphic or vulgar, I could just see where Prince would not want to talk about these certain things. For example, his parents in 2011 versus early 80s. So I think there's enough here where he liked the idea of the song, like the structure, he liked the chorus, he liked what he was saying with it, but he just had to redo it. It almost needed to like, uh, like you like the bones of a home. You buy a fixer upper. You like how you like everything about it except for maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, the interior, and you have to basically strip it down from top to bottom and just remodel it. And that's what he kind of did with Extra Lovable is he remodeled it. He liked the bones. He wanted to, he didn't want to just completely scrap it, tear it down, and rebuild. He wanted to use what was there, the foundation, the basis, the exterior, but it needed more work. And that's what Prince did. Like uh, many other vault tracks I have mentioned in previous episodes, Extra Lovable, this version of Extra Lovable as we believe, was voted on by fans as being a desired selection for Crystal Ball 2. But again, like I said in those other episodes, Crystal Ball 2 never saw the light of day. So the, this version of the song remains unreleased. Even when the 1999 Super Deluxe was released a few years back, that included you know, a, a wealth of, of vault tracks from this era, late 81, through 82 the song was not 
picked, was not chosen to be included into that collection of, of vault tracks. And uh, I think, like with Lust You Always, a song that I've done an episode on a little bit ago, the reasons for that are based off of the lyrics. And some of the the themes that Prince was talking about, and it's not so much a theme, it's more of a specific word that he chose to use in both of these songs. For whatever reason, he chose to use this word, and it, it really forces listeners to make an uncomfortable choice, whether they can accept it as is, accept it as a song written by a young man who, again, may have been a button pusher, may have been testing the limits of what he can get away with. And um, even though these songs were never released, maybe he didn't release them for these reasons, maybe he didn't release them for other reasons, but I can pretty much guarantee <laughs> why they have not yet been released in 2023. And it's, it's the use of a word, an unfortunate use of word that, um, well, again, really forces a listener to take a stand, whether you can accept it and move on with it and listen to it and just appreciate it for what it is, a moment in time. Or if it is too uncomfortable, too disturbing, too triggering, I guess, for a variety of reasons why it would be, where the listener has to either just forget the song exists, pretend it doesn't, it's not out there, never choose to listen to it, or know when the, the word's coming up so they can make a choice to turn the song off at that point. So it was only after Prince reworded, uh, rewrote the lyrics, before this song would get an occasional live performance. Starting in 2011 as an, kind of an interpolation, but then in 2012, he finally recorded the rewritten version of Extra Lovable live at the United Center in Chicago. So, the version of the song that we're going to be talking about today has never been performed live. Diving into the lyrics, this first verse, Prince makes some comments about hippies and things that um, really point to it being a 1999 era song. Baby, you got something that would make a many hippie mighty proud. You got a dozen little sexy tricks that dozen cities in this U.S. won't even allow. Never do you boast like the other girls who think they're fine and love to flaunt it. I never hear you brag, ooh, and what I dig the most is that you keep it in your hand until I want it. So there's the hippie reference. Prince had um, 
talking about hippies <laughs> quite a bit in the controversy 1999 era. I think um, most famously in All the Critics Love You in New York. Other songs as well. And he really stopped talking about hippies after the 1999 era. I don't really remember him disparaging hippies anytime during the Purple Rain era. Any songs, any vault tracks, any B-sides. And he practically became a hippie for a brief moment in the Around the World in a Day era. So it's, this is a very early controversy, Dirty Mind controversy, 1999 thing. So he's really talking this girl up. You know, she's something special. She's got tricks, like referencing probably sexual tricks, positions, etc. Maybe some that are so scandalous, so taboo, they're illegal in parts of the United States. As he mentioned, you got a dozen little sexy tricks that dozen cities in this U.S. won't even allow. So implying that they're illegal. But that's just how, you know, subversive she is. That's just how interesting she is and how sexual she is that she knows things that are illegal in certain parts of the United States and he and he loves that she's humble so she doesn't flaunt or show off what she has what she can do until it's time to get busy and that's kind of what I take from that last last part of this verse what I dig the most is that you keep it in your hand until you until I want it so kind of keep it to yourself, keep it, keep this skill, keep this, um, this overt sexuality to yourself. And then once somebody is worthy enough, I guess, then, then she lets you know. If ever or ever you need someone to take a shower with, girl, call me up. It's free. Extra lovable, honey, don't you wanna? Don't you wanna take a bath with me? Now, this reference to taking a bath and showers, that's not necessarily just a 1999 era reference. Bathing and showers were a common theme in Prince music throughout his career. So again, not even after the song was re-released in the 2010s did this reference seem dated. Prince was talking about bathing and showers pretty regularly throughout his career. I mean, a lot of people liken this to being an era-specific thing because of songs like Purple Rain, songs like Girl, which was written earlier but then released as a B-side during the Around the World in a Day era. There's um, Purple Music, but even later when Two Are In Love, later in the 80s when Two Are In Love, Battle of Dor Ballad of Dorothy Parker, If I Was Your Girlfriend. I mean, he had a bathtub on stage during the Purple Rain tour, so, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. But later in his career, he was still talking about it. He wants to drink somebody's bathwater in Sexy MF, and... Um, I want to melt with you if we bathe in each other's lips. So again, it, it's not just a an early 80s specific reference, even though it kind of feels like it, because I think there were just more of them back then. 
or even just an 80s reference if you just want to slap a decade on it but the fact that extra lovable in the chorus like it's very clear it's not just a, a line here or just a little reference there it's referenced throughout the song because it's in the chorus he references both showers and bathing take a shower with me bathe with me and i like the the reference to call me up it's free so i guess it must have been a local call <laughs> so these two people must live close to each other hey it's free to call me because we live in the same area code something that we don't really have to worry too much about these days and in um, the world of, of cellular phones when don't have to worry how far away is that area code how far away is that that number is it going to be a long distance call is it going to be a local call is it going to be free or is it going to cost money call me up it's free so this one is free unless he's got a toll free number that he gave this woman so he can, she can call him up whenever Maybe you can turn my mama on. she's just a straight Second verse, baby, you can turn my mama on. She's just as straight, as straight as can be. Even though my daddy's gone, he'd come back just to haunt you. Come back just to haunt you mystically. Yes, he will. Baby, I know my rap is hard, but not as hard as what's behind my door. Door on my pants. Baby, you're so shy. I'd love to see you dancing naked. Oh, sugar, I want to see you dance. The second verse really gets an overhaul on the updated version so that's a, a big reason why I wanted to cover this song the second verse is almost completely rewritten so he references both his mother and his father here in the second verse saying that basically she's so hot that she can turn a straight woman gay which is a flip of Bambi from 1979's um, self-titled album where he's desperately trying to turn a gay woman straight here he's saying that this woman is so attractive that you could even turn my mama on and she's straight straight as can be and also in this verse he references his father but his father is dead even though my daddy's gone he'd come back just to haunt you come back just to haunt you mystically so again she's so fine that his dead father would come back not necessarily from the grave as like a zombie or whatever but that she's so fine that his spirit is is compelled to return to earth in some form and be near her you know haunt her be near her because she's so she's so good looking so hot and obviously prince's father was not dead in 1982 prince's father john l nelson passed away in august of 2001 so when he's rewriting this song in 2011 i don't think that he would consider it to be tasteful to mention his dead father coming back to haunt this woman in extra lovable the other thing i wanted to mention here is i think there's been i don't know the way it's sung versus how 
it's heard the line baby i know my rap is hard but not as hard as what's behind my door and this is what's written on moonbeam levels for you website is door on my pants now i've also can hear door number pants like what's behind door number one door number two door number three so that's a a reference to a game show um, let's make a deal hosted by monty hall so what's behind door number three door number pants i can see of course this being a fun little play on words from a 1970s era kid prince from a 1970s era game show but also door on my pants makes sense nevertheless prince is making a kind of a attempting (laughs) to make a funny joke about his erection and his penis so but not as hard as what's behind my door door number three door on my pants whether you hear door on my pants or door number pants prince is attempting to make a funny joke about his boner it's crude it's uh it's it's a bit immature but it's kind of funny too (laughs) can't deny that and I'd love to see you dancing naked line. Uh, of course, we have, uh, I think, some parallels to the only want to see you dancing, dancing naked in the Purple Rain. Purple Rain also, a song written very shortly after this was written. course is the same if ever or ever you need someone to take a shower with girl call me up it's free extra lovable honey don't you want to take a bath with me and he says don't you want to get off another callback to a song that he would write 10 years later or so is very similar to the first baby you got something that would make a mini hippie mighty proud then play it loud you got a dozen little sexy tricks that a dozen cities in this u.s won't even allow never do you boast like the other girls who think they're fine and love to flaunt it now play with this here yeah let me tell you and what i dig the most is the way that you keep your sugar in your hand until i want it so very similar, a couple little minor differences, but otherwise almost identical to the first verse. You know, he's talking about play play with this here. Of course, again, I believe he's talking about his penis. Sometimes. Not that popular yet, so if you want, I'm 
yours. I don't want anyone to see what we're gonna do. Think you better shut the door. Ooh. You know what I'm talking about. Ooh. You know what I'm hearing saying, baby. Then there's a, a bridge here. It's kind of a somewhat spoken word section. Oh, sugar baby, you're so fine. Let's say you and me go to my place and make some time. And I'm not that popular yet, so if you want, I'm yours. I don't want anyone to see what we're going to do. Then you better shut the door. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you know it, let me hear you say baby. I can't hear you. Purple politicians sing it. Come on, two times, sing. One time, two times. I want to rap a little bit. So the the line about not being that popular yet is a bit of a self-deprecating line in some ways because he's commenting on how his popularity is just still mid. <laughs> you know, he's he's got he's got a bit of popularity with a certain population. He hasn't quite made it quote unquote big where He's a household name, or people all over the world know him. He's big in certain circles, but not everywhere. So not that popular yet. So if you want, I'm yours. Meaning like, again, once I become big, it's going to be a little bit harder for you to catch my attention. Or I'm going to be harder to get a hold of. Not sure exactly what he means there, but that certainly is how you can interpret it. He says, purple politicians, again, painting a very clear picture of this being a 1999 era song. One of many, many purple references during Des Dickerson reference, Des Dickerson dig. And he's just, again, just riffing, ad-libbing here. Here we go, come on. Lisa, can you feel it, baby? Bobby Z, sing it. Doctor, hey Des, don't you like my band? Everybody, Brown Mark say, extra lovable. He's trying to get people, you know, the band. So even if Prince just wrote and recorded this all by himself, did not have any band inclusion, he certainly had his band in mind.
performance, whether it was performed live. But it also begs the question, why would he be referencing members of the revolution if this was intended for Vanity 6? And that, that combined with the Dez line, Dez, don't you like my band? It's kind of said in a, a teasing way where you can imply that he's referencing the fact that Dez is no longer in his band. And so now he's calling out the members of his current band, Lisa, Bobby, Dr. Brown, Mark. It's like, hey, Dez. My band still kicks ass even without you. That's one way you can interpret that. But the fact that he calls out Dez in the middle of mentioning all of the other band members, you know, I suppose it can be looked at as just him calling out Dez is no different than he's calling out Brown Mark, Dr. Fink, Bobby Z, or Lisa. I mean, Wendy is not called out here, so he's not like he's flaunting the addition of this new guitarist to replace Dez. He doesn't say anything about Wendy here. So either this is, or this part was recorded after Dez left, but before Wendy joined. During the era where Dez was kind of pulling away, maybe hadn't formally left the band yet. Or it means nothing. And Dez was still part of the band, and Prince was just teasing that that's what's unclear to me and again i think combined that part combined with why would he bring up members of the revolution if this was intended for vanity six so if this was the original 82 version it makes no sense for him to talk about this but if the vanity six album had already been released like if he wrote this song with the intention of putting it on vanity six Vanity 6 album was released. This al- this song did not make the track listing. So maybe Prince was like, eh, maybe I'll just make it for my own. Turn it into a revolution track. And this was recorded potentially in 83 when, you know, he had already dismissed the idea of it being a Vanity 6 track. So mentioning his band members would no longer be uh, inappropriate for Vanity Six. So anyway, I'm I'm on team. The song was recorded twice. <laughs> Ultimately, is what I'm trying to say. I think there was an '82 version. And I think Prince revisited it in '83. And I think the version that has been circulating all this time is the '83 version. But I would love other people to chime in and tell me what they think about this. If they have two different 80s versions of this song that they like to share, I'm all ears. Because um, I'm not sure that we'll ever get this song unless Prince recorded it in 82 without the rape reference, which I'm about to get to here. I don't So after he calls out the band, he's still kind of going off, ad-libbing a bit, and the song takes a a darker turn now. (laughs) Um, The music gets loud and, and, and the synthesizers get really abrasive. 
almost to the point where it's trying to where it's trying to disarm you, disarm the listener in some way. I ain't just about your body, baby. It's about your mind. Oh, sugar, darling, can you spare some time? Okay, so far so good. Then he says, I'm on the verge of rape. I don't think you heard me. I'm on the verge of rape. I'm on the... He trails off. I'm sorry, but I'm just going to have to rape you. Now, are you going to get in the tub? Or do I have to drag you? Don't make me drag you. I can be very cruel. Okay, so yeah, now we're we're full-on sexual assault mode here. Uh, even if this is being sung by, by Vanity 6, like a member of Vanity 6, whether it's Vanity or Brenda or Susan, I suppose. <laughs> what is... What was the intent here? I mean, I get it. Like, to say I'm on the verge of rape... I'm going to have to rape you. Or are you going to get in the tub or don't make me drag you? Uh, I mean, clearly he's trying to say, like, this woman is just so attractive, so hot, that he feels like he's out of control again. Like he says in Lust You Always, just basically out of control, can't control his own actions, thinks that, uh, you know, if if she isn't going to give him what he wants and he's just going to take it from her. And it's her fault because she's too damn hot. It doesn't work because it's just inappropriate. I mean, he's really pushing the envelope by by declaring that he's going to take something from her if she doesn't give it to him because he's... Because she's so attractive and she's so hot and she's got this thing that he needs. It's rough. (laughs) You know, there's really nothing else I can say. It's rough. And while it is very subversive, very in-your-face, to the point of uncomfortableness, if that was the intent, it certainly... He certainly succeeded there by making this an uncomfortable notion. And again, the music matches what he's saying in terms of it being very, like I said, abrasive, aggressive. The music matches the lyrics in this very end portion of the song. Up until this point, it's been just a pretty standard, you're fucking hot, I want you kind of song. After this, then, Prince goes into a little bit of a chant. If you don't stop the groove, extra lovable beat will tell your body what to do. If you don't stop the groove, extra lovable beat tell your body what to do. And he repeats that over and over as the song fades out. And I like the fade out. I like the song as it ends. That ending portion, the music and the lyrics, make the song very edgy. A song that 
was kind of edgy to begin with because of, you know, it's a very Lynn drum heavy track. Sounds very, um, you know, robotic 1999 era. A very inhuman sound to it because of all of the technology used to create the music. Synthesizers, drum machine. Uh, Nevertheless, like, it's a very edgy song because of that. Now, the Moonbeam Levels for You website has printed that Prince says as, as the song fades out, wait a minute, break Wendy. Which, if that's true, that would be the first reference to Wendy. You know, I mentioned that he did not say her name when he was calling out all the other members of his band. But when I listen to it, I don't necessarily hear break Wendy. I hear maybe break, break. Like he repeats the word break twice. It's at the very end of the fade out. So it is difficult to hear. I don't know how break Wendy was chosen as the words he's saying here. I'm not saying it's not possible. I just saying I don't hear it. And I think it's too difficult to hear in order to make any definitive statement either way. So, yeah, the verses are very different on this version to the 2011-2013 version. Very specifically the second verse and, of course, all that ending stuff. (laughs) You know, all that ending stuff is different. And whether you like the song, I mean, it's got a really... If you like Prince's early 80s sound... This song is going to appeal to you from a from a sonic standpoint. Sonically, it fits right in with 1999. It fits right in with that Lindrum heavy dance music that he was making. It's got an edge to it, as I mentioned, just like songs such as Automatic and All the Critics Love You in New York and DMSR. There's there's some danger to it, of course, added with the, the rape line and the drag you into the tub line. It paints a dangerous picture and cautions against being uh, overwhelmed with lust, being overwhelmed with erotic and sexual desires where you would do something illegal in order to get what you want. It mines very similar territory to Lust You Always, which why these two songs both reference rape both take the approach that this attraction, this level of attraction, this level of, of desire can lead people to do careless and dangerous things and illegal things and immoral things. And if Prince was just simply trying to express that in song, like not, not advocating that sexual assault is okay as long as the person's hot enough I don't I don't think that that's where he was going I think he was just pushing the envelope about how infatuation and lust can be can be dangerous and it could have been worded differently like the extra lovable from the 2011-13 version is very innocent it's very much like you're so beautiful i want to take a bath with you it's a very innocent sound it's got more of a sunnier 
musical backdrop and then you take away the the lyrics about his parents take away the ad-libs and what you're left with is a song that that doesn't offend it's fun it's danceable it's cheeky but it's not dangerous it's not edgy and that's what this 80s version is whether you like it or not so that is what i have to say about extra lovable i would love to hear what other people have to say about this song and about um prince's choice of the word does it ruin the song for you or does it just simply make the song uh one of those what was he thinking vault tracks that you don't mind never gets released would you prefer to see it released without the word just so it can be out there cleaned up remastered and heard by the masses and do you think that he was trying to say something else other than what i expressed on this episode so that'll do it for extra lovable this has been the press and rewind prince Dirk's podcast i've been your host jason berninger you can find the show at pressrewind.net facebook instagram twitter and youtube check it out and also have a discord links are going to be in the show notes for all of those and until next time Thank you very much and goodbye.